The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by day and barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America, 865-255-03. Y'all know what today is. Y'all know what today is. Y'all know what day it is. National Signing Day. National Signing Day. We are here. Who will be the newest, the latest Tennessee Volunteers? We find out today. No more committing. No more talking about what you're going to do. What you are intending to do. What you're thinking about doing. What you are planning to do. What you might do. Pen hits the paper today. This is what I got time for. Ben, good morning, sir. Good morning, King. How are you? Man, I'm wonderful. I am wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Wrapped up a good episode of Tennessee Prime last night. Kate Mays and Tyler Barron. Last one of the football season. We are approaching the bowl game. Got lots to talk about from Prime. Uh, But today, we start with recruiting, my friend. 865-255-03 is our telephone number to the Iris Network's hotline. Hour number one is brought to you by Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Ben, I got my binoculars on. <laughs> I got my glasses. I'm ready to go, man. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to keep an eye out on everything that's going on. Head is on a swivel. We got about an hour before we get a commitment. And so. Maybe. Maybe, 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 unless something happens at the last minute, which it is Auburn. It it is it is Auburn. Well, we do get a commitment. Whether or not he comes to Tennessee is a different. That's, that's a different question, different story. But Justin Williams is making an announcement, and we are going to get an, a commitment that we can see one way or the other between Tennessee and Auburn. Um, hopefully, it is Tennessee, but he will make that announcement here. Uh, within the hour, but Ben, let's get started, man. Let's not waste any time because uh, we got things to get to today. We got a lot to get to today, uh, so let's not waste waste any time. What are we looking for this morning, Ben? Yeah, it it should be somewhat of an intriguing morning for Tennessee. Not a not a ton going on, but it, it feels like there's more to watch this morning than last year or in in years past doesn't seem like there's been a ton of signing day storylines to watch really since the Henry Toho Toho year maybe I'm forgetting somebody but uh, there's definitely not been you know two or three guys to watch on the first day of the early signing period like it is with Tennessee this year's you you mentioned 8 a.m eastern Coming up here in 52 minutes, Justin Williams, a four-star on both sides. Four-star running back from Georgia has been trending to Tennessee 
for several weeks now. Tennessee offered him back on October 27th, decommitted from West Virginia, took an unofficial up to Tennessee, took an official visit this past weekend, been to Auburn as well, and that's been a Tennessee-Auburn battle the last week or so. He announces at 8 a.m. Eastern. Tennessee wants a bigger back. Justin Williams is that bigger back that Tennessee wants. So uh, it would be a, a pretty significant pickup for Tennessee and a legitimate significant pickup, not just one that we're blowing smoke up your, your rear end, which we don't do here on the show anyways. We'll, we'll tell you how it is. Uh, so Justin Williams is, is one to watch at 8 a.m. Stick, stick with Justin Williams, man. Um, yes, sir. It felt like Tennessee was, was, was the leader in a huge way, had a big lead on everyone else when he decommitted from East Carolina. and it West feel- Virginia. West Virginia. Caleb Webb decommitted from East West Virginia. Carolina. I'm sorry. West Virginia. And it felt like Tennessee was, was about to get a commitment from him the next week or so. Usually when, we, when you have a player committed at a smaller school or um, decommit right after coming off a visit to Tennessee, you can expect that player to commit to your school like really, really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't the case. He got a he got an opportunity to enjoy the recruitment process a little bit. Uh, Auburn got into the mix. I think you just hit the nail on the head. <laughs> he he likes to to en- enjoy the recruiting process. And if you're watching on Swain Event TV, here's some some Justin Williams highlights for you. The boy can run, especially for his size. And <laughs> Tennessee is really excited about him if it can indeed get get through the finish line this morning but he, he's a guy that likes the recruiting process <laughs> and, and so I think that's played into why Tennessee has kind of had to scrap and and claw these these last couple of hours the this last week or so he was at Auburn for the Iron Bowl and then a week later was back at Auburn for an official visit uh, Tennessee, as I mentioned a moment ago, did get the final official visit for Justin Williams. But, I mean, it's Auburn. It, it's Auburn. And, and it did did seem like Tennessee was in the completely in the driver's seat. They, they've always been in the driver's seat. But, I mean, it, it seemed like he was practically committed. And then Auburn, over the last week or so, has made it more difficult on Tennessee. But uh, I, I do believe that Tennessee is going to survive that that Auburn surge. I got my good eye on you, Auburn. My good eye. <laughs> this is my good one right here, man, my left one. I got <laughs> my good eye on you, Auburn. Don't be trying on sneaky stuff. Well, righties are better than lefties, so I don't know if your left eye would be your good one. I'll try my right eye. I got my, I got my right eye on you, Auburn. Don't be trying on sneaky stuff. We know how you get down. So, yeah, man, Justin Williams – uh, we'll, we'll be making his announcement. And uh, how much time, Ben? In 49 minutes. There you go. I'm doing that math. Why is it 49 minutes? Uh, because we are 49 minutes, now 48 minutes away from 8 o'clock Eastern. There you go, man. Did you carry the one? I subtracted the one a second ago. There you go. There you go, Ben. We're starting off on a good note this morning. That's good. Um, who else should we be looking for to, uh, today? Benjamin? Uh, the the second person that I'm paying attention to, as as well as the second in line in terms of chronological time order, is Gabriel Akis, 
who is a defensive lineman who, quite frankly, is not going to please the Stargazers. Not going to do it. So he is a three-star edge rusher from Fort Pierce Central High School in Fort Pierce, Florida. He has been committed to Tulane since early July, and he has seen his recruitment kind of blow up here uh, of late. I, I guess you could say Tennessee is really the only big school in it. That's why I hesitated with my last sentence about his recruitment blowing up, but there's been more power five schools involved, and this one seems to be coming down to Tennessee and Illinois. Uh, again, he'll be making his final decision at 9 a.m., six foot four, 230, a, a really good-looking kid. Uh, Tennessee is, is recruiting him to play strong side defensive end. Uh, Rodney Garner, Brian Jean-Marie have, have been tag-teaming this one. Tennessee's made a huge impression on him. Uh, he, he's very similar to Darren Agu, who is the Northeast Georgia defensive end that Tennessee was after, who was committed to Vanderbilt and did announce on social media last night that he intends to sign with Vanderbilt today. Uh, so did, Tennessee did lose out on Darren Agu, and uh, Gabriel Akis is is next in line, and, and he'll be making his decision at 9 a.m. So not going to please the, the Stargazers, but he's he's one that – Tennessee does feel good about it, and I, I do think there's things to like about Gabriel Akis, but he, he's definitely probably somebody that has to come in and, and develop over the first year or so, Swain. I, he, he has a really good-looking body for, for a defensive end, and what I really like about him is that he's a state champion wrestler. Yeah. Yeah, I remember Tennessee, Tennessee back in the former days, the, the Scott Wells of the world, guys that – they played multiple sports. Played play, was was that, that wrestled uh, tough as nails. These are the guys you kind of want in the trenches, and you gotta have a certain type of mentality to to wrestle. Um, you can't play in the trenches and be, you know, be a model. You know, taking pictures for you know doing glamour shots. We've had those type of players uh, here in our program in the last uh, six seven years, and so there's a there's just a mentality you gotta have. And so I love wrestlers, man. Uh, Tennessee football, that is the um, account you should be following this morning. Um, listen, Jordan Phillips has been practicing already with the team, but they got to give him the same love they're giving everybody else. Mm-hmm. And doing that, uh, they tweeted out, welcome to Rocky Top Lock with Ink Pen Jordan Phillips. Defensive line, Orlando. Um, so Tennessee football putting that out about – 18, 19 minutes ago. He's already working out with the team. And if you listened to Tennessee Prime yesterday, you heard that um, he's he's getting that freshman treatment <laughs> from, from Rodney Garner. As he should. He's getting baptized by fire, just like we all. We all go through it as freshmen. We all go through it as freshmen. We come in. We think we're hot stuff. And we got to get de-recruited. We have to uh, understand that this is not high school. So, Jordan Phillips is going through that right now. Um, so keep your eyes on Tennessee football Twitter account at Vol Football. There's about four other names to watch. I mentioned Justin Williams and Gabriel Akis. Uh, th- those are the two that Tennessee probably has the best chance of, of signing today. But the, the four other names to, to keep an eye on okay. is Demario Tolan. Demario at, Tolan. At 1030 a.m. 
He's committed to LSU. Was at LSU this past weekend. Austin said flat out on the show yesterday that he's headed to LSU. Uh, so maybe not one you pay serious attention to, but uh, did jot, what, jot that one down because Tennessee has been uh, all over him like white on rice the, the last several weeks. And Keontae Scott, the Juco DB, is the next one to pay attention to a, a Juco corner. He is announcing at 11 a.m. That is another Tennessee-Auburn battle. And it, it seemed like he was dead set on going to Auburn, but Tennessee has had a, a surge here of late, considered the top Juco corner in the country. Was that? Tennessee for the Georgia game. That was when he spent his official visit uh, on November 13th, and, and he had a heck of a spring season that helped him pile up scholarship offers and, and then had a uh, another impressive showing this fall. Uh, he was a, a JUCO All-American af- after his freshman season back in the spring. Three interceptions, ten pass breakups, five and a half tackles for loss. He I mean, you, you could nearly pencil him in as a as a day one starter if if he were to pick Tennessee. So seems seems Auburn bound, but I think Tennessee's got a, a chance there. He's announcing at 11 a.m. Keontae Scott, a Juco corner. Uh, the other two, Tyree West, and I would I would actually group Tyree West, the Georgia commitment, Georgia defensive lineman commitment, defensive tackle. Uh, I would I would lump him in with Justin Williams and, and Gabriel Akis in, in terms of Tennessee having a legitimate shot there. Uh, down to, to Tennessee and Florida State, seems like he's torn on who to pick and how. I don't I don't know. He, I guess he likes both schools. I mean, I, I, I guess so. He likes both both schools. Who knows what Mike Norvell's doing down there on, on the winning trail. But that is we know sure. that that's not what all the players care no. about. So no, but he 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 would be a a nice Walter Nolan replacement if if you want to call him that. And Tennessee just needs more beef in in general. But he he was torn uh, as of yesterday, and there, there's not an exact time. In which we we know that he's going to announce. Just it's expected to come down sometime this afternoon from Tift County in Tifton, Georgia. Uh, been committed to Georgia for over a year, um, but it's just kind of known at this point that he is obviously going to go elsewhere. I'm not sure why he never officially uh, decommitted. He was at Tennessee this past weekend for an official visit, so Tennessee did get the last official visit. And I think the reason he's torn is exactly that because he was at. Florida State the first weekend of the month of December. Then he was at Tennessee the next weekend, which was this past weekend, the final weekend of of the cycle. And he was really trending towards Florida State going into the visit. And I think Tennessee made up a, a lot of ground. So we'll see what Tyree West, the defensive tackle from, from Georgia, does. And, and then the last one that I'll throw out there is uh, James Pierce, uh, an edge rusher that has had some questions academically, uh, but Tennessee – will take him if, if he decides to sign. That That's the question with James Pierce. Tennessee has led with James Pierce, an edge rusher from North Carolina, um, four-star, regardless of what site you, you look at. Tennessee has been his leader all fall long, but schools are selling him on, 
hey, wait and sign in February. And people close to him are, are doing the same because if, if a big school strikes out on somebody today, then James Pierce is going to be a guy over the next month or two that perceived bigger schools circle back around with and try to get in the boat. So uh, Tennessee would love to get him today. Uh, he's not expected to sign, but there's a possibility. Uh, and, I mean, he, he would be as big of a pickup as, as Joshua Josephs was. Uh, and Elijah Herring, the, 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 the mid-Tennessee native who has been committed to Tennessee for a very long time now since the summer, uh, Austin Price has been vocal about how he, he thinks he is criminally underranked uh, and expects for him to be a really nice edge rusher for Tennessee. But Elijah Herrings, Joshua Josephs, if, if you can go out and get James Pierce, those are three really good edge rushers that, that you are adding to the class. So we'll see if he signs today. Not expected to, but uh, th- there's a somewhat of a chance that, that he would sign, and Tennessee's been the leader for him all fall. And it would be absolutely huge, not only because I think he's a good player, but Again, big schools are going to circle back with some of these players that have kind of flown under the radar if they miss out on some, some of their top guys today. And, and Tennessee's still going to have a shot at signing James Pierce in February if he doesn't sign over the next three days. But I guarantee you there will be bigger schools, perceived bigger schools, or other big schools, I should say, that will enter the mix as well and, and try to steal him. So th- those are the guys that I'm paying attention to today. Uh, Justin Williams, Gabriel Akis, Keontae Scott, Tyree West, James Pierce. I threw in Demario Tolan, but I'm I'm not going out of my way to pay attention to him. <laughs> no, no, not 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 just not just yet, not just yet. A six five two hundred fifty five oh three. We've got our our second signee of the morning, and and the first one that isn't already here, and that is Georgia. Offensive tackle Mo Clipper. Mo Clipper is officially a Vol, and Swain Mo Clipper will be here in January. He is an early enrollee, so he'll get a head start on on potentially trying to find find a, a slot in the in the six to seven deep next year. I guess you could say along the offensive line. I lo- he's one of my favorite names in this class, just pure names. Mo Clipper. How awesome of a name is that? What what, what about favorite like player? My favorite player, like based on like what they can do. What, yeah, what they can do. I am legitimately excited about Mo Clipper. Don't don't get that mistaken. I, I think he has some some real upside. My, the two guys I'm most excited about in this class is Caleb Webb and Squirrel White. Honestly, I'm, I was thinking about this last night as as I was looking looking at it, and I've I've kind of talked about it. And, and passing over the last week or so, Swain, as, mm-hmm. it, as it's been brought up. But I, I really like Tennessee's wide receiver class. Uh, really like Cam Miller, the, the four-star from Memphis. I've, I've raved about Caleb Webb the last several weeks who picked Tennessee on, on Friday over Michigan and Louisville. Uh, Squirrel White, nothing needs to be added or said there. Uh, and, then, and then Chaz Nimrod is an interesting addition as, as well. So my favorites in this class, Swain – I know everybody's going to say Taven Jackson because he's the quarterback, and I'm excited about Taven Jackson. But Caleb Webb and Cam Miller and Squirrel White, those are the guys I'm most excited for. And I think part of that is also wide receiver is my favorite position. So, Oh, here you go. Trying to suck up. No, I've always said that receiver is my favorite position. I already paid you, man. (laughs) 
Pay me more. Yeah, leave, man. I already pay paid you. I already paid you. What do you? What else do you want? A raise, a Christmas bonus. Yeah, leave, man. They ain't uh, trying to. They ain't trying to suck up talking about you. Like receivers, the best. Uh, <laughs> uh, a, a Christmas bonus of a membership to the. Uh, what is it? The 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 flavor of the month club for jelly. I, I forget what they say in Christmas vacation, but uh, the the jelly, jelly of the month club. Have you ever seen Christmas Vacation? No, sorry, man. You've never seen Christmas Vacation? Oh my gosh! This this. Oh my god! How have you never seen Christmas Vacation with Cousin Eddie? You have to watch it this 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 holiday season. I'm so disappointed in you. And quite I don't, frankly, I don't I don't know why you're disappointed. You like movies. It's not uh, like you uh, you don't uh, like movies. I, I do. I do. Like it's movies. the greatest Christmas movie ever. It might that may be true, but I again I have shared this on the show, and this is this is why you have diversity in your circle. I've shared this. This movie came out in 1989. More reason that you should have watched it by now. 1989, I was five at the time, and when I was in elementary school, when I was in middle school, before I transferred to the other side of town, not one time did we talk about Christmas vacation on the playground or in school. Movies that we talked about was like Friday. So, growing up... if there wasn't even brothers and sisters in the movie, just I didn't really watch them. So I mean, I get that. I, now I need to go that. back and watch it. But Don't you're you're wrong. damn near forty years old. Yeah, but I mean, like that that excuse is out the door in no, my opinion. No, it's not because you're old enough to where you should have seen. I, it by I now. can watch it now if I have some time to watch it. I will watch it, but like. It's like I have a legitimate reason for not watching it growing up. Now I don't have yes. one for now. Well, so you, I need to watch it. So well, I will. You, you need it's. It's not necessarily. Where's it at? Is it on? Is it on Netflix? I'm sure it is. It's 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 everywhere this see. time of year. Let I me mean, see. Where, let me see where it is. And YouTube it, TV it, been tripping, man. They talking about yeah. getting rid of ESPN. I know. I know. They, they gotta catch a, these hands. They, they get it for what? It, it's kind of like Elf. I mean, this time of year, you, you turn on the TV and Elf or I Home have, Alone is guaranteed to be on I, a channel. I have watched Elf before. Uh, Christmas cool. Vacation is by far my favorite Christmas movie. I absolutely love it. Now, it's not a movie that your youngest two need to watch. They are. They'd be all right. They need, they need, <laughs> they need to they need experience the realness of the world. <laughs> no more sheltering. The... I think I think I've watched like bits and pieces of. This. I think I think you would like it. It's really really funny. I would. I, I probably watch bits bits and pieces. Now I'm looking at like some of the the trailer. I think I remember like bits and pieces. But I did and not. he's a Chicago Bears fan. That is true. That is true. Chevy Chase is a Bears fan. You, you, you need – I think you would enjoy it. Try to go out of your way to watch it this year. It, it is – I can – This like, year, I got like what, 16 more days? Yeah, plenty of time. It, it is, it's like the, the one movie that I can recite lines from. Mm, it, let me it, see. Let me on see on Christmas, available. it is what I watch – Every single Christmas Eve. It, it is my absolutely favorite Christmas movie. And honestly, one of my favorite movies, regardless of of genre or <laughs> time of the year. Okay. I'm in Netflix. Let's see here. I don't see it. Maybe it's not on there. Oh uh, yeah, my profile is is urban. <laughs> I don't I don't see it. 
I don't see it, you man. You've seen it by now. I guess they don't have it on Netflix. All right. If, where is it? Where I've, is the vacation? I Y'all have let me know. I, I I'll have I'll, it. I'll the, bring you the DVD. You the DVD. I've got the DVD. You still have some of my other DVDs that let you borrow? I brought them back. You did? A long time ago. <laughs> I don't even know if I have a DVD, uh, DVD player. Oh, uh, yeah. They still well, make you, those? People still well, use those? I use uh, my, my PlayStation, my video <laughs> game console. I need a PlayStation. I'm sure it's on Prime or something. All right, I'm gonna I'm watch Christmas Vacation. You need to. I think you'll like it. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, th- I think you'll like it. It's, it, it's got check, your type of humor. Let me in check it. my schedule. What's today? Today is 15th. HBO Max, you got that? Nope. You can use my login. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> I can't stop thinking about that. Okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> Dude, I was so mad when he picked Georgia. At least I was honest with them. All right, we'll take our um, top bottom of the hour break here on the Swain Event. Hour number one is brought to you by Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Swain Event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. If you want to get in on the conversation, call the Iris Network's hotline at 865-200-5503. Grow your business with Iris Network's high-speed fiber internet. irisnetworksusa.com. Hi there, Swain Event family. Are you in the market to purchase a home and a bit freaked out with the market right now? As someone who's been in your spot before, I'm familiar with what's going through your brain. And as a realtor, I've mastered the ins and outs of the buying process. When you work with me, you'll benefit from my experience, and together we'll work toward making sound, smart decisions for your future. And of course, talk a little ball sports along the way. Just give me a call, Jennifer Morris, Keller Williams Realty, 865-257-7897, or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you soon. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at SwainEvent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42st.com or give them a call at 865-382-7007. 42nd Street, brand, strategy, design. JC's Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. 
Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. For a replay of each day's Swain Event TV, like us on Facebook. SwainEvent.com, Fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Thought about it. Thought about it. Should the National Signing Day Shindig, should that be moved to the early signing period at Dead End Barbecue in December? And every time I bring it up to myself, every time we talk about it, I still get back to Nah, man. It's too close to Christmas. It's way too close to Christmas. Too close to the holidays. There's going to be traveling going on as it is here in the next couple days. It's just too close. And they're about to move this thing. They're about to move the early signing period. They need to move it. So, we get to stick with tradition. Tradition. February, first uh, Wednesday in February. We get to stick with the tradition. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Uh, ben, are you where we are recruiting? Is this what you expected? Because I, you know, I see a lot of people who expected Tennessee to be in a different position recruiting wise. Based on the season, of course, Josh Heupel and company exceeded expectations. They also were behind when they came in, behind a year in building relationships. But they have had some time to build their own and form their own relationships. It has paid off in some other ways, in some ways, and other ways, it has not paid off. It just was too far behind. And one season – May not be good enough. NIL deals are a part of players' decisions, and so maybe that factors in. I don't know exactly on every single kid and, and what their motivation and motives are. I don't know their true motives. Today will be the biggest load of BS that you're going to hear from players all year long. 
I hate to break it down that way, but it's true. You're going to hear players all over the country, all day today, tell you their second and third and fourth reason why they picked their schools. They're going to be BS you. They're not going to tell you the real reason. They're not going to tell you that the two teams were equal, but it came down to the bag. They ain't going to say that. So you're going to hear the second and third real reasons of why kids are picking their school today. Sorry to break it down to you. I ain't going to fluff it for you. But that's what we're going to hear today. And that's what that's the way it's always been. <laughs> you know, I just had a change of heart. This is I just knew that the Lord told me I needed to go here. <laughs> I was praying with my family. Yeah, you was praying all right. And that bag dropped out of nowhere. So we're going to hear that today. And that's part of it. This is how the sausage is made. This is how the hot dogs are made. So... Embrace it. Understand it. Don't be surprised moving forward. But, Ben, where Tennessee is sitting recruiting-wise, are you surprised or this is what you kind of expected? Are you positively surprised? Are you uh, negatively surprised? How are you feeling about uh, where we are right now that you think this is where we would be six, eight months ago? I'm not surprised either way. Okay. They are about where I expected them to be. And honestly, we have to remember, although today is much more of a national signing day than than the February one is, like Tennessee's still going to add players after today, after this three-day period, because it's just not today. That, that makes up the early signing period. It's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Most everybody gets their work done on, on the first day, on, on Wednesday. But Tennessee's going to add players over the next couple of weeks, the, the next couple of months. So, Swain, if, if I think that Tennessee's where I expected them to be right now at 738 on the first day of the early signing period, and it looks like in 22 minutes they're going to go get Justin Williams. Hmm? Uh, there, there's some other guys that, that they could potentially add. They, they're going to go out and, and add somebody else uh, b- before February you, as well. If, what'd, if, you, what'd you say, little baby AP? What'd you say? You, 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 did you, did everybody, you just drop a little nugget like AP? Everybody knows Justin Williams has been trending towards Tennessee. Everybody knows that. If, if not, you don't pay attention to recruiting. And that's okay. Recruiting isn't everybody's thing. But if you pay attention to recruiting, you know that Justin Williams has been trending to Tennessee for weeks now. I mean, it's been over a month now. Um, but, I mean, he's a, a top 250-ish player, a, a four-star running back from, from North Georgia. That's a big pickup. So even with me sitting here right now and, and Tennessee having the, the 21st best recruiting class on rivals, the, the 20th best recruiting class on, on 247, that that's honestly a little bit better than than maybe what I expected. I, I thought that they'd be kind of in in the twenty to twenty five range, um, because I mean even you, you look over the course of history and Derek Dooley and Pruitt and and Butch, even like when they didn't have their top classes, even when uh, it, it seemed like it wasn't going all that well, they they still had top twenty five classes just because it's Tennessee. Tennessee is is going to naturally get you a top 15 to top 25 
recruiting class. And I expected that at, at bare minimum. And, and now it looks like they're going to finish with a top 20 class and, and not just within that 20 to 25 range, which is what I expected back over the summer. And there, there's been a, a little bit uh, of a disappointing close here the last couple of days. Uh, Jeffrey Umba was trending towards Tennessee after his official visit. But now it, it's, he's not even coming to Tennessee, like within a week. And maybe that's a Tennessee decision because they did decide not to go visit him in home after the visit. Maybe that, that was on purpose. Uh, maybe they made a decision there instead of just simply being out-recruited uh, like it was with Marquise Gilbert, the top Juco safety that picked Auburn on, on Monday afternoon. Uh, so, so there's been a, a little bit of a disappointing close here uh, down, down the stretch with a couple of guys. But for the most part, given the circumstances, Tennessee's about where I expected. And, and I think with how today finishes with the guys that, that they could go out and add on actual National Signing Day in February with like a James Pierce, then, then they're going to move up a couple spots there as well. So uh, when you just look at the team ranking – they're about where I, I expected. When when you dig a little deeper and you look at all the circumstances, I, I think they they've they've done pretty well given all the circumstances that we've detailed in, in great detail over the last couple of months. I'm I'm not surprised. Um, I prepared myself for I prepared myself for what we're seeing because we have been talking about the approach that this staff will have to take in the next couple of years, building this roster. And we have pointed at the Rick Barnes approach, right, where you're going to get players that maybe other schools don't want, but you're going to have to coach them up, develop them. Uh, you're going to have to have a positive culture and get the best out of them, and those results can come. And then when those results come, you're going to have to go out and then uh, out-recruit the, the, the Floridas and the, and, the, and the LSUs and the Kentuckys and the Ole Misses and – um, the Missouris, and then you win some more, and then you're ready to go to that next level and go head-to-head more with Georgia and Alabama and Ohio State for, for recruits. So I've already kind of like told myself and prepared myself for this process. The process in 2013 where Tennessee struggled the first year, didn't get to a bowl game, and then whoosh, you had this top, 10, top 8, top 6 class, 2014. But that class was comprised of a lot of legacy players that were overrated, quite frankly. And this is why I take ratings from players who dad were good players and star players. Like, I take those with a grain of salt because we had a lot of players, four-star players and blue-chip players, that had you know big stars next to their names because of their last name. It is what it is. And then you had the 15 class that was was strong as well. And so it really happened fast. And we got kind of spoiled. And then the next coach comes in, Jeremy Pruitt, and it happened too fast to the point where you 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 raise eyebrows. Like you can't come in like Hugh Freeze and just start swiping away all the five stars in year one. It's too obvious. It's too obvious. It's too obvious. 
You got cookie crumbs on your, uh, around your mouth. You ain't fooling anybody. <laughs> I ain't do it. It's right there in your face. It's too obvious. So you gotta be, you gotta be smart. I think I think Kentucky's been very smart. Sorry, sorry, Ben. Uh, I think Kentucky has been very smart. They sprinkled in a little five star here and there. No one's gonna raise any eyebrows. And um, you just gotta be smart. You gotta be you gotta be careful. And um, I know there's people listening going, Psh, "What about that school? They're not being careful. What about that school? They're not being careful." But there's a time and place when they they were, mm-hmm. and now they don't really have to be because they're winning. They're winning, and it's too late. Now, for a team like us trying to get to the next level, there is a plan that you have to that you have to put in place. You got to be careful. Clemson went through this. Like Clemson wasn't gobbling up all these five stars like they have in the in the last couple of years. It was a process too, so you didn't raise too many eyebrows. So um, now with the NIL, it, it makes it a little bit easier. But I expect it to be where we are right now. You need you're gonna need more than just one year of overachievement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you need you need one more one more year uh, of putting out a good product, competing at a high level, um, having a better record. But I expect it for us to be where we are. And um, Tennessee football, Rodney Garner, um, his, his interview with uh, Tennessee here, this Casey. Uh, he talks about uh, Jordan Phillips here. So uh, here's here's old Rodney Garner. Hi, I'm Casey Funderburg, joined by defensive line coach Rodney Garner. Coach, we are adding Jordan Phillips to this D-line. What is he going to add to this team? Uh, we think Jordan will be a tremendous asset to us. You know, he has a, a tremendous skill set for an interior D-lineman. Uh, we had the opportunity to actually work him out this summer in camp, and uh, he just impressed our entire staff, you know, with his workout and then just how he goes about his business and his focus and his desire to really want to be a good football player. And he wanted to be a part of our program and what we're doing here at Tennessee. And he also brings experience. So how is that going to help you guys? Oh, yeah. Well, obviously, you know, you know, obviously, you know, it's good to have him here, you know, this for, for uh, bowl practice. He's actually practiced two days. So that will definitely give him an upper edge on some of the other guys that are coming in just by him being able to participate in the bowl practice. So he'll, pro- he'll probably get about eight practices in before we leave here uh, to report to Nashville. So I think that will pay dividends for him you know, going into fall camp. Mm-hmm. And when you take a look at his tape, what are some of those things that you look at and you like? Well, you know, obviously he's a, he's a big man that has initial quickness. He has short area quickness. You know, he has power, he can anchor. You know, he can he can create knockback. You know, he has the ability to shed blocks and make plays. And his mom is from Memphis, so he has a little bit of some Tennessee ties as well. Yeah, his mother is from Memphis. Uh, I think she moved to Florida for her senior year in high school uh, to the Tallahassee area and uh, still has family over in Memphis. I think he's had two cousins that graduated from Tennessee. So uh, it's, it's good that he's continued the legacy here. Well, thank you, Coach. Jordan Phillips, welcome to Rocky Top. Let's get to the Iris Networks hotline. Phone lines are lit up, so uh, let's get some caller pace in here. Sweat event fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant uh, in America. Uh, that was Coach Gardner talking about 
Jordan Phillips already on campus, already practicing. Let's get to uh, Turkey Man. Turkey Man, good morning. Good morning, guys. Did you hear that little uh, segment that uh, uh, Lane Kiffin had on yesterday about recruiting? I saw I saw the video. I didn't like. I didn't. I saw the video. I did not watch the video. Uh, I saw people yeah, commenting I, on his video. Um, I need to go go and look at it. Um, we had Tennessee Prime yesterday, so I was preparing for Tennessee Prime. I need to go and look at the quotes, maybe from the video, or uh, watch the video during the break. Well, you check that out, and then I'll listen to your comments on it because it was right on line what you thought about earlier. Okay. I'll talk, I'll talk you later. Okay, thank I'll you, Turkey Man. Uh, bye bye. Note to self watch Lane Kiffin video during the break. Who's next? We've got Jason and then Christian and Johnson City. Jason, man, heck of a name. Good morning. Hey, guys. Good morning. How are y'all? Man, wonderful, man. Hope you are too. Yeah, doing great. Thanks. Yeah, I just had a um, maybe a contrarian take on this class mm-hmm. and going forward. I, I uh, you know, when you look at how the class was formed with, you know, during the course of the time where, you know, the, the staff was constrained by both lack of the ability to build relationships and then also, of course, the NCAA cloud hanging over it. <laughs> and then, you know, the kind of guys that they, they got committed then, who they've now had to fight off the Georgias, the Alabamas, the LSUs, the Floridas for everybody from Jordan Phillips to Squirrel White to even you saw Dylan Sampson saying Bama and LSU made a late push. And then now the guys that we're fighting for at the end with, you know, more of the big boys. And you're going to end up in the top 20 with a bunch of, frankly, guys who can probably step in with some JUCOs and some skill guys that you know hypo will get ready to go. I think you take that, you take the guys who are coming back with obviously Hooker first, who knows about Cade, but you've got four-fifths of your starting line coming back. I think there's an opportunity to hit in the portal, and I don't know, I'm not saying necessarily get 10 guys, but get a couple of plug-and-play guys that, you know, a linebacker, a defensive line, maybe an offensive lineman, depending on what they think about Mincy. And you could overachieve to a much different degree than even you did this year, the way the schedule sets up with Pitt without, you know, Dan Marino, second coming. <laughs> you know, you know, you got LSU, who knows what they're going to look like. You know, who knows what even Florida's going to look like. And, of course, you know, the old hubs see it to believe it, but or believe it to whatever <laughs> he says, right? But still, I, I think there's a chance that Hypo could look at this upcoming year and the schedule and the roster and say let's go hard at the portal and try to get to that kind of 10 and 2 level and take that leap like you know coach Barnes did in his third or fourth year and now and then to your point before I mean the 23 class is already set up in a much different way than the 22 class so yeah I'm bummed we're going to probably miss on some guys but in the end if you miss on guys that go to Vanderbilt or shoot, even in Auburn or Florida State. I don't know that those are necessarily big-time difference makers. And in the world of the portal where you just need to show you can win, I think uh, it's a different deal. So that, that's my take on that, and I appreciate y'all. Y'all have a great day. Hey, thank you, man. Good points. Really, really thank you for the, uh, the phone call. I think the portal makes this thing not as doom and gloom as, as some people want to make it. I mean, um, before the portal – you have a class that's sitting there at 25. No one's doing backflips if you are a Tennessee. But the portal makes you say, hey, all right, maybe we can address that need with a three-year guy in the portal than a high school four-year guy. 
I mean, Tennessee was able to go out and get a quarterback at the end of spring football with three years left of eligibility. And I'm talking about Joe Milton. I'm not saying Joe Milton lit, lit the world on fire, but I, I am bringing him up because Tennessee was able to do that. So you were able to go out and get a player right after spring football. Now you've had a season under your belt. You can point to what you have done in your first year. Now those players in the portal can see it. You have film. And if you go out and get a three-year player in the portal, um, that miss that happened in early December, mid-December, doesn't sting as much. I like where Jason's going. I'm not making excuses or trying to make myself feel good or better that Tennessee is not you know, swinging for the fences and, 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 and hitting home runs left and right. But I know where we are as a program. I know there's levels. I know there's steps to take. And the portal makes it a lot easier for us because we are a national brand. Josh Heupel is a coach I think can um, draw in players because of his – Genuine um, approach. I think Tennessee will be attractive. Now, the portal makes it easier for us. The NIL is a double-edged sword. It's a double-edged sword. Because we do have the resources to be able to bring in players using our NIL, but other other teams do as well. So, um, the the portal... The NIL, man, it, 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 it brings a different level of perspective and a viewpoint looking at signing day than ever before. So, yeah, you might miss on a kid today. That's all right. You can still address that position in a couple months. All right, who's next? We have Christian and Johnson City. You told me that already, didn't you? Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on over here, man. I'm sorry. Christian, good morning. Good morning. How's it going? Man, wonderful. I just had a question. With us losing Javante Payton and the possibility of Cedric Tillman going to the draft because he hasn't announced officially whether or not he'll be back, are there any players in this class that you can see kind of like yourself or Meacham that can step in right away and give us some production on the outside? And on top of that, is there anybody that we should be looking out for that maybe hasn't been on the radar yet that could possibly sign with UG today? I'm glad to get out here and uh, let you guys get back to it. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that phone call. Ben, I'll let you answer the second part about um, somebody signing that maybe we, you know, didn't expect. I know we talked about several guys at the beginning of the show. Um, So if you've been with us ever since the beginning, this is not going to be new because we kind of already touched on it. But uh, to answer uh, the question, are there guys that, you know, maybe, maybe under the radar, uh, maybe we have talked about um, in detail leading up to today, but maybe you mentioned earlier, and for those that just are just now joining us. Yeah, the, those names that would fall under that category would be Keontae Scott, the Juco DB, considered by some to be the top Juco corner in the country. He's expected to make a decision around 11 a.m., uh, trending towards Auburn, so... I guess it would be a bit of a surprise if if he did end up signing with Tennessee. Tyree West, the Georgia defensive lineman, uh, down to Tennessee and and Florida State. And I I would consider that a surprise just because there was so much Florida State 
momentum going into his official visit at Tennessee this past weekend. James Pierce is somebody that Tennessee leads for but is not expected to sign. He's a four-star edge rusher from the state of North Carolina. A lot of people in his camp are are pushing for him to wait uh, until February to see what what schools come calling mm-hmm. after they maybe miss on some some quote bigger prospects in in the early signing period uh so he he's not expected to sign but but there there is a small chance that he does sign so uh I would be surprised if he did end up signing and if he did choose to sign this week it, it would be with Tennessee so uh, Keontae Scott Juco Corner Tyree West the the Georgia defensive lineman and then James Pierce the North Carolina Edge rusher would be the surprises, and and then I, the ultimate surprise would be Demario Tolan, uh, who is signing at ten thirty a.m. He's been committed to LSU, took visits to Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee had a lot of momentum with Demario Tolan, and then he went back to LSU this weekend, and that momentum seemed to be destroyed, and and he seems to be dead set on ending up at LSU. So. Uh, if if he were to end up at Tennessee, that would that would be a huge surprise at this point. Good stuff, good stuff. And then um, receivers that you think could have an instant impact if, if Cedric Tillman were to declare. Now I don't think Cedric Tillman will declare. I think Cedric Tillman is coming back. But for me, the most comfortable receiver. And Meacham didn't play his first year. He, he redshirted his, his his first year and then came back. His redshirt freshman year had a, had a nice year in his first year of playing. Um, just want to make sure that's 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 mentioned. But guys, I like Square White. I mean, he he's the one I feel the most confident um, speaking on in terms of coming in and and having an instant impact and and being a contributor. I mean, we saw second-year guys. We saw second-year guys play earlier this season and then get replaced by vets. So, is it just our younger players just wasn't ready and then mature or immature, just wasn't ready? Or is it a situation where young guys, it takes them time, takes them time to get going in this system? I don't know that answer yet maybe this class will tell us more of what to expect with young receivers. But all I know is young receivers got replaced. Will Squirrel White be able to come in and do his thing? I think from a talent standpoint, he should. Chaz Nimrod um, looks like he's going to be the, the Cedric Tillman replacement. He has a game like Cedric Tillman. If you if, if you ask me, I go watch. I watch his film. He reminds me a little bit of Cedric Tillman. Um, I look at Caleb Webb's six two and a half, six three. Some sites got him at, at seven foot. You just it, it's all over the place. But he's a, he's a big body, um, nice ball skills. For me, I feel the most confident and comfortable saying Squirrel White right now. I watched a little bit of Caleb Webb. I need to see more. But Squirrel White's a guy that I think his game translates right now. Right now. You can't teach quickness. You can't teach that speed right now. There's going to be an opportunity for, for all four receivers coming in to, to play early. 
Not saying that that they will, but there's an opportunity for sure for all four of them. Cam Miller, Chaz Nimrod, all, all four of them have have a potential to play early. Yep, it's about what you do when you get here. It's about what you do when you get here. How do you take in the information? How do you process information? How do you compete? How coachable are you? How mature are you? How focused are you on football, or are you trying to chase? You trying to chase? Um, you know, girls your first year, or guys if you want to do that too. But our, how focused are you? And I don't think the coaches will know that until the guys get here. You never know. You never know. But I do feel the most confident squirrel white. Am I biased because he's from Alabama? Probably. <laughs> Probably. Probably. But the film, the film don't lie. The honest guy don't lie. Go watch this game. You'll see what I'm talking about. 865-255-03. Let's get back to the Iris Networks hotline. Let's bring in Chip. Chip, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. How are we doing today? Man, we are blessed. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Uh, just real quick, um, you know, I think that obviously with this coaching staff, they can do a lot more with less. So mm. not too terribly concerned about this class coming in. I think, you know, I think it's great depending on, I mean, you know, when you when you look at where we've been the past couple of years and everything, I think we're, we're doing good. My, my, my concern with this class, is um, Missouri, Kentucky, South Carolina. How are these teams, Arkansas, how are these teams ahead of us <laughs> recruiting? I know it's not everything, but guys, look at those classes over the past three or four years. They're in the Arkansas, South Carolina. I mean, they're, they're down in the 40s and 50s. And now suddenly they have made this roaring comeback. You know, Kentucky looks like they could possibly finish for the top 10 class. I mean, I, I know they've been doing pretty pretty good on the on, you know on the recruiting front, but I don't know. Am I missing something there? I, I mean, I just I don't I don't understand how they they jumped or is, is all that going to shake loose and, and things are going to change after after signing day? I don't know, but I just uh, ask you guys about those you know the order of the SEC right now and and what's going on with you know some of these programs that typically don't do great in recruiting at least over the past three or four years. And I'll, uh, I'll hang up and listen. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you, Chip. And uh, you, you mentioned Arkansas. Arkansas is at 20 commits. Tennessee is at 17. Arkansas has five, four stars. Tennessee has four, four stars and have the same, uh, number of, of, of uh, three stars. Uh, I don't know how that math adds up, but that's what I'm looking at. Um, and in the last 30 seconds, that's going to change because, uh, Ben, Justin Williams just put on a Tennessee hat. And um, made it official that he is he is a volunteer. Yep, Justin Williams, a four-star running back, has committed to Tennessee over Auburn and, and will sign with the Vols. Tennessee going to bring in two running backs uh, in this class. And they, they've got a speedster in Dylan Sampson, who kind of fits the, the Jalen Wright mold. And, and now they've got a bruiser. Tennessee has needed a, a bigger back the last two years, and Josh Heupel identified that <laughs> pretty quickly. And uh, Justin Williams is that bigger back. Uh, a lot to like about Justin Williams, and, and he is a vol. That should make things a lot better. In, w- in what regard? Well, I mean, 
Chip was speaking about Arkansas, Kentucky, and Missouri, and then you know Tennessee. Boom, just got a, a four star, so that's that will bump Tennessee up um, in in the rankings. And um, this is just this is just me. I'm not telling you how to think. I'm not telling you how to think, and I would say the same thing if the roles were reversed. But as I look at these rankings. And right now I'm looking at 247. How dare you? Hey, man. You're not a real friend. You're a fraud. I can't be biased. As I'm looking at the rankings, Tennessee's at 20, Arkansas's at 17, Carolina's at, at 16, Carolina has 22 commits, Tennessee only has 17. So that's, a, that's five player difference. Auburn's right there at 21 with 15 commits. Missouri has 15 commits. They got four, uh, excuse me, six four-stars and uh, eight three-stars. They have the, the, the one five-star player. If it wasn't for that five-star player, they would be 16, 17, high teens with us. Kentucky's at 12, seven four-stars, nine Three stars and one five star. The difference between fifteen and twenty and fifteen to, to, to ten is like one or two players. Yes, and and I I, I actually wanted to bring this up. Uh, I, it's funny that that uh, Chip called in with this. I I, I wanted to bring this up um, before we got to our string of callers. So I appreciate Chip giving given me an easy transition <laughs> to to bring it up. And that, that has been a big gripe, Swain. Uh, Kentucky and Missouri being uh, ahead of Tennessee and uh, some other schools uh, like Michigan State, Arkansas, South Carolina, Boston College, Purdue. And I'm looking at the rivals' rankings. Um, and I apologize if I – regurgitate anything you said. I, I was sharing something on social media uh, for, for VolQuest. But uh, with Kentucky, like, okay, they have 18 commitments. Tennessee now has 18. And, and yes, technically they have a, a higher-ranked recruiting class, but, but Kentucky chose two decisions that Tennessee was not willing to make under Josh Heupel. A, they, they got the Wade twins because they were able, or they were willing, I should say, to bring in Destin Wade as a quarterback. The Wade twins were coming to Tennessee until Kentucky assured them that Destin Wade would get a shot at quarterback. Tennessee wasn't willing to do that. So we'll see here in two to three years whether that was the right decision for Tennessee and whether it was the right decision by Kentucky. Uh, because that, to some, that kind of feels like a Jawan Jennings situation with Destin Wade of like, okay, yeah, you want to play quarterback, we'll, we'll give you a shot in the spring, and, and you'll quickly move to another position. They wanted to go somewhere that, that guaranteed them a, a spot at quarterback or a, a try at quarterback, and, and Tennessee wasn't willing to guarantee that. So um, that, that's two, a, a difference in two four-stars right there. And mm-hmm. we'll we'll see which school made the right decision. Another one, there there's a, a receiver from the mid state that is ranked very highly, 
and he's been touted as the highest wide receiver signee in Kentucky football history, or maybe it's just the Mark Stoops era. I think it's Kentucky football history, the highest-ranked wide receiver signee. Well, Tennessee didn't want to bring that young man into their locker room. A lot of schools didn't want to bring that young man into the locker room. So that, that's another big difference in the recruiting ranking right there. And in a couple of years, we'll see whether Tennessee was, was making the right decision, did make the right decision in, in bringing in that young man. We'll see if Kentucky was right for, for bringing in that young man. We just don't know as of today. Like th- there's, it's not as simple as Kentucky's out recruiting Tennessee. Kentucky made decisions that Tennessee wasn't willing to make. And we'll see in a couple of years as to, to whether which school made the right decision. And then like with Missouri, they have one of the the absolute best receivers in the country, Luther Burden, committed. Luther. And he is a stud. He is a five star. He's in their backyard. And I and I realize Walter Nolan is is in Tennessee's backyard, but there is a significant difference in Luther Burden and Walter Nolan. Like, I'm sorry, but as of today, if I had to pick one way or the other, I don't think Walter Nolan lives up to the five-star building. billing. Luther Burden will live up to the five-star billing. He is an absolute stud, and he was in Missouri's backyard. And don't get me wrong, Eli Drinkwitz is, is recruiting really well for Missouri right now, but you look at their top guys, and four-star from St. Charles, Missouri. Four-star from St. Louis, Missouri. Four-star from St. Louis, Missouri. Four-star from Lee Summit, Missouri. He he went out and, and he won his state. And th- there are guys that Tennessee missed out on its in-state recruiting class this cycle. But there's also some guys that, that are ranked highly in the state and, and Tennessee chose not to pursue. And that's another situation as to we'll see who made the right decision in, in the upcoming years. I mean, it, it's not as black and white as why? Why are these other teams just out recruiting Tennessee? Why is Tennessee behind this team in recruiting, in the recruiting rankings. Why is Tennessee behind Boston College and Purdue? Well, Boston College has 22 commitments. Purdue has 21 commitments. Tennessee has 17. Tennessee's out recruiting Clemson. Anybody want to talk about that? But, oh, wait, Clemson only has 13 commits. Tennessee has 17. Like, it's not just black and white as to to teams being in front or behind Tennessee. There, There is nuance there, there are reasons, there are decisions that are made within a, a football program that don't reflect in the recruiting rankings because their decisions aren't based on the recruiting rankings. Michigan State, 15th. Well, they've got 21 commits. Iowa State, ahead of Tennessee, 21 commits. So it's not just black and white. South Carolina is 13th on rivals, which Tennessee is, is 21st with 17 commitments prior to Justin Williams picking Tennessee. Well, South Carolina has 22 commits. Tennessee has 17. Yeah. So naturally, yeah. they're going to be higher. Yeah. Just, just don't, don't have a simpleton take. If you want to question how, how good Josh Heupel is going to be recruiting, that's fine. I think he's going to be a good recruiter. I don't know if he's going to be good enough to win at a championship level. That time will, time will tell. But, but just don't have a simpleton take, please. He, here's what I will recognize. Not saying that Chip and Jackson did. Fair here's, question by Chip. Yeah, here's, what I'll, here's, here's what we need to recognize. When you are a competitor, you want to be you want to win in everything, and it's it's it it means something when you look at a list, when you look at a ranking, and you see Tennessee below programs that you think Tennessee shouldn't be behind, and the natural reaction 
is to question it. The natural reaction is like, whoa, what's going on? Tennessee should never be behind Kentucky in anything football-related. Like, that's your initial reaction. I get it. Trust me, I understand. But after you have that initial reaction, stop and think about what Ben just said. Because if you follow recruiting deep, then you know that story about the Wade twins. Because that that's two players. That would have changed – that would change a lot right there. Tennessee would probably be in a different spot. Would change a lot for Tennessee and Kentucky. Yeah, so there's 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 a story, and we'll see how this thing plays out in a couple of years when these players are juniors. By 2018 class, at the, like this time three years ago, we didn't have this conversation about the 2018 class that we have now. Now we look at the bust and the guys who are not on this team, they're not – producing because it took time for us to, to come to that realization and the same thing applies here all right let's go let's take a break uh right quick i'm gonna check out this lane kiffin video and um we'll come back from break we've got two callers on hold waiting patiently 865-255-03 hour two is brought to you by Action 247, Tennessee's only legal sports book. Awesome promotion going on right now. You better take advantage of it because I don't know if they're going to extend it. 100% match on your first deposit, folks. First deposit up to $800. They will match it. New customers only. Just use the promo code Swain Event. That's all you have to do. Today's special on action is you bet $50 on the spread in the Mavs-Lakers game, and Action will give you $2 in free bets for every point your team star player scores. So if you on, are you on Team LeBron or are you on Team Luka? Team LeBron, Team Luka. So if you place the bet on the Lakers... That will apply for LeBron. If you place your bet on the Mavs, this will apply for Luka. Bet $50 on the spread in the Mavs-Lakers game, and they will give you $2 in free bets for every point. Every point the team star player scores. So we know Luka's going to go crazy. We know LeBron. He's been on tear as of late. So that's going to be an awesome promotion right now for my Action 247 betters. Don't miss it. If you're sitting on the sideline, get in the game. Great time to get started with action. Follow them on Twitter, TNAction247. New customers, 100% match on your first deposit up to $800 using the promo code SWAIN EVENT. SWAIN EVENT, fueled by that and barbecue. Be right back. 